Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment Wrap-Up for the week ending April 22nd, 2022. From CSO Online on Wednesday the 20th, ransomware plagues financial institutions as they face increasingly complex threats over previous years, owing to the changing behavior of cyber criminal cartels. They attribute this to a VMware report that came out recently. They go on to note that from the report, that ransomware continues to plague companies with 74% of the surveyed security leaders reporting that they experienced one or more attacks in the past year, and 63% saying they ended up paying the ransom, and that Conti, Conti ransomware, was found to be the most prevalent. Now, also this past week, Brian Krebs from Krebs on Security notes that Conti's taking a toll on the healthcare industry. Now, he notes that the group Conti had publicly declared during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic that they would refrain from targeting healthcare providers, but new information confirms this from Krebs' site directly, that this pledge was always a lie and that Conti has launched more than 200 attacks against hospitals and other healthcare facilities since first surfacing in 2018 under its earlier name, Ryuk, R-Y-U-K. He goes on to note that while Conti is just one of the many ransomware groups threatening the healthcare industry, it seems likely that ransomware attacks on the healthcare sector are underreported. So we see this both now for healthcare and for banking. Similarly, this is a, a rather dated but updated alert from CISA, alert AA21-2060, excuse me, 265A on Conti. Uh, they updated this in February, late February of this year. Conti cyber threat actors remain active and reported that Conti ransomware attacks against U.S. and international organizations have risen to more than 1,000. And then finally, from the New Jersey Cybersecurity and Communications Integration Cell, the NJCCIC. The FBI has reported that now we're seeing different ransomware, Black Cat ALPHV, A-L-P-H-V ransomware as a service has compromised at least 60 organizations worldwide and is the first ransomware group to do successfully using Rust, which is considered to be the most secure programming language that offers improved performance and reliable concurrent processing. This from an advisory on April 19th. Now, I've got a few items that I'd like to talk about with regards to that after a quick break for our sponsor ad. VCSO Services notes that at an annual average compensation of over $279,000 a year, the cost of adding a full-time Chief Information Security Officer, or CISO, can far exceed the budgets of many small and mid-sized businesses. However, many small and mid-sized businesses don't require a full-time security leadership position. That's where a virtual CISO or a VCSO adds value. 
Our passion is to help small and mid-sized businesses gain a fighting chance in an increasingly hostile cybersecurity threat environment by providing executive part-time virtual CISO services and CISO advisory service. It is in our name. It is in our core. We exist to serve. Check them out at vcsoservices.com. So returning to the articles, uh, first, I get frustrated when I read and hear about these, and I'm sure many of you do as well. Uh, ransomware just seems to be something that we can't get a hold on. And I don't think we'll ever get a hold on. There's always going to be another vector. There's always going to be another way in. A very long time ago, I stopped really paying attention to the technical indicators of compromise. Now, that's not in any way, shape, or form to diminish their importance. It's actually quite the opposite. As a practicing virtual CISO, my role is more strategic. And so I need to understand from a higher level the the global, if you will, risk that this poses to an organization and the response as well and how a proper layered security program can counter this. When it comes down to the, to the weeds, if you will, of the details of what this compromise is exploiting, what vulnerabilities, how it works. I don't know what Rust is. I'm not a programmer. That's where we have very highly trained cybersecurity experts in the technical field to digest and distill those. Two different buckets there, two different, two different skill sets that work concurrently in order to increase the security posture. And a lot of times coming back up from the the weeds level of the technical indicators of compromise to the well how is this actually compromising businesses and how does this actually uh, impact the business returning to brian krebs he noted that that survey that we talked about a few minutes ago also found that just six percent or less of respondents it budgets were devoted to cybersecurity. although roughly 60 percent of respondents said their cybersecurity budgets would increase in over in 2022. well i always have a little bit of um a negative reaction when, when i when i see cyber or yeah um cybersecurity budgets that are a a part of it budgets because you start to get into the whole idea of like, well, what is cybersecurity versus information security and so forth. But regardless, if we're just talking about cyber technical control security here, I, I wish sometimes that it would not be noted as a fraction of an IT budget, that it would stand on its own because uh, it is a different business enabler, a different business risk than um, the greater IT risks are in, in many ways. And so, of course, with these articles, they always usually end in some way, shape, or form of these are the things we should go. So going back to the CISA um, recommendations and the CISA uh, uh, article uh, announcement from the 20th, 
Um, use multi-factor authentication, network segmentation, scan, remove unnecessary applications, and so on. It's the same things that we that we usually hear. Um, the CSO Online article goes a little bit further and notes that for financial institutions, CISOs, that uh, network detection and response needs to integrate with endpoint detection and response. I would agree with that. Um, they bring the segmentation down to a micro level. Makes sense. Um, deploy decoys. I guess that would be another, another, another terminology for honeypot. Uh, implement DevSecOps and API security and automate vulnerability management to focus on high-risk vulnerabilities. So that's sort of a given there as well. And then from a previous um, podcast, a listener asks for advice on how to evaluate the current maturity of an organization by the policies, the controls, standards, and procedures, as well as providing KPIs. So if anybody has any suggestions on how to answer that or resources to point the listener to, go head out to our Twitter feed. We have a tweet on that at the, the Twitter account for the podcast is virtual CISO one. So that's virtual CISO, the number one, and you can respond there, or you can also respond on a couple of the other channels that we talked about in a previous episode on uh, LinkedIn and uh, vcso.network. And then finally, of course, a lot of these threats of ransomware, they emanate from Russia and with the Ukraine-Russia war still engaging, there's talk and indications and evidence and activity as far as cyber attacks on both sides. One thing I found interesting on a random tweet, and uh, this is probably a site that many of you have already been aware of, but either I was never aware of this site or I just didn't, it just never registered with me. I didn't remember. And it's a, uh, DDoS secrets or DDO secrets, I guess it would be. And this site tracks dumps that were exfiltrated, I guess in, in, in various areas. But the, the thing that caught my eye from this um, particular tweet, and I wish I remembered uh, who the tweet was. I'd give them attribution here, but I can't remember. I apologize. I just remember the the website name. Is that um, there apparently has been a lot of exfiltration of information from Russia as part of this ongoing cyber war. Now, I wouldn't recommend actually looking at the information, and I think that they do have a disclaimer on the site that. Uh, there's no guarantee that there might not be embedded malware in here. These could be a Trojan horse and, and so forth. But very interesting is another one of those sites for situational awareness that may or may not be appropriate to your organization. And really, when it comes down to it, I started this podcast by talking about ransomware and then how I have been uh, disillusioned or frustrated that this is still here. But really, the best counter to that is to maintain both situational awareness and a layered security program that is constantly adaptable to be able to identify and fill 
new holes or potential vulnerabilities as they come up. And yes, it, it is old school advice, but the reason why it's still effective is because just that it's still effective. So thank you. And until next time, stay secure.